0: Now when he got into a boat, his disciples follow him, followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful? O oh, you, oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there, were a, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Wow. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Wow, this is kind of crazy, I'm gonna lie, because I was dedicated in this church, like as an infant. So to be kind of up here speaking feels weird. So I'm here today, Um, so if you don't know me, my name is Juliana, Um, although most of you, like I said, have known me since I was born. Um, I'm very honored to be speaking here today, honestly, and to be given the opportunity to share and um, hopefully encourage you all today. Um, So first of all, I just kinda wanna get it out of the way. I am young, (laughs) I understand. Um, I'm probably one of the youngest people to speak up here in a very long time. Um, I'm 20, and I know that that can be hard to listen to someone who is practically an infant in the grand scheme of life. Um, So I ask you today to not listen to me, but to trust that the reason I am speaking here today is spirit-led. And not just a young, young, inexperienced kid who wants to, you know, just be up here and talk, um, because honestly, I will be saying things that you're probably not gonna like. So, um, and you're probably not gonna wanna hear. And you're probably definitely not going to want to hear it from a young girl who, I'm sure, in comparison, has not lived life the way that some of you have. Um, However, I bring up the verse, 1 Timothy 4.12, which is, "...do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity." Um, I believe the youth sets a beautiful example of faith in Christianity. So today, I am here in front of you doing my best to set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So please pray with me as we get started. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this day. Um, I just humble myself in front of you right now, God. I have no credentials, no way in any way that I am being equipped to talk up here. I have no degree, I have nothing. God, um, all I have is the words that you have given me, Lord. So I ask that um, I just be set aside today and that your spirit would take over. Your spirit would fill this room. um, And if it touches one person, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your Sabbath. And um, just that the, the words can be received in the way that you want them to. In your only name I pray, amen. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, Um, I want to ask you guys, like, anyone confused about the title of my sermon? Because I was trying to be a little cheeky about that, because he raised his hand, he was like, yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, so I follow this pastor on YouTube, and he always has the most out-of-pocket, crazy kinds of sermon titles. So I want it to be fun, and also I truly believe that if the title of a sermon is interesting, y'all are going to listen longer. So I think I have a good, solid, like, I think I have good, solid attention right now, so I'm going I'm to kind of go off of that. Um, so first things first that I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I do things uh, when I talk and when I, when, when I speak, my entire life revolves around children. Um, I'm a softball coach for very young kids um, between like 8 and 15. Um, I want to be a psychologist for children, and I am a camp counselor the majority of my summer Revolves around kids being a camp counselor, so I talk in kid language. So I talk in stories, I talk in analogies, and I talk simply. So we're gonna have fun today. And um, if I'm using too many analogies and dumbing it down, and you don't like that, you can probably blame my mother because that runs in my blood, and it's her fault that I, you know, that this is the way I talk because she talks like that too. So, um, so. When I was thinking about what I wanted to talk today, I honestly had no idea because Like, what do you even talk about when you're up in front of a a church and you're 20 years old? And I had no idea kind of what direction I wanted to take things in. Um, And then I was just kind of thinking, like, okay, what does our church need to hear? What do Christians need to hear? What do people need to hear? And I feel like what I hear over and over and over again, and I feel like the biggest and hardest part, if you agree with me, about our faith and about faith in general and Christianity is waiting. I feel like we really— we, when we have to wait for something and we don't know what's going to happen and the unknown is there, we kind of like kick God out of the picture for a second and have like a mini panic attack. I don't know how I do that. Like when we have to think about waiting and when big things are happening and we don't know what to do, that's when our faith starts to shake. Um, it's, you know, waiting for God to show up, waiting for things to turn around, whatever it is that, you know, we're waiting for, whatever the unknown is. Um, and I feel like, this is a really hard thing we struggle with in Christianity and as Christians because we talk in a different language than other people. We had to, I call it Christianese because we say these phrases that, that other people would almost be like, what? Like when you tell someone who's not a Christian, I go to a public college, so I'm around people who are not believers. When I say that I'm putting my trust in God or I'm waiting for God to show up, they're like, wait, show up where? Where? What are you talking about? It's so weird. What do these phrases mean? Um, It's literally a language built up of phrases that we use over and over again to cover up the fact that we are absolutely terrified of whatever is happening in our situations. You know the phrases that I'm talking about. I'm just waiting on God's timing yeah, I'm just praying that God shows up and comes through. And, you know, I'm, I don't have to worry about it because I'm trusting God's plan. And these are true. God does have timing. God does show up and come through. God does have a plan. But what on earth does that mean? Show up where? Do what? What plan, huh? So when we're struggling so hard to even get through the next day and we feel like everyone has left us, that we're in pain and we feel alone, I'm just waiting on, I'm just waiting on God's timing feels a lot like God has abandoned me. So today, that is what we're going to talk about. We are going to confront God directly. So, i me get my papers. So, to, so think about it. When you're saying the blanket christian statement of I'm just waiting on God's timing and waiting for God to show up and come through, show up where? Show up where? You're waiting on God's timing. You're waiting on his plan. He has a plan. Where? Where is he showing up? Where is he coming through? Where is this plan happening? Because I would love to know. Because let me tell you, he is not going to come through, he is not going to show up with the plan at the time that you want it to, if you're in a kiddie pool. (sighs) Thanks, that was so good, that was a great reaction. Um, Okay, so my next line was literally like, please don't kick me off the stage yet, because I promise I'm going to explain. Um, But this is where I get to the point of my title. We have to meet God at a point where he wants us to be in order for him to show up. If you are in a place of walking backwards instead of forwards, and then you're all the way back and crying out to God to come help where you are, he's not going to perform the miracle you want. He is not going to do the God thing unless, he, unless we're in the place that he wants us to be. So the majority of the time, if we're in situations where we're crying out to God to come through and to be in the waiting, we have to be in a pretty uncomfortable place in our lives to get there because that's what God wants from us. He does not want the comfortable cookie cutter Christian life, unfortunately. I think that's the easier way to go, but he doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to just show up on Saturday, sit in the pew, and go home and give our tithe, you know, every once in a while. Unfortunately, he wants a lot more of us, be, a lot more from us, because we are capable of more. So, God does not live in a kiddie pool. I'll explain, I promise. God has big plans for each of our lives, like I said. You're capable of a lot. Um, and Galatians 2.20 says, that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me so let's read that again because sometimes we think that we are so damaged so broken that God could not possibly love us I'm sorry God lives in you God literally dwells in you which means you are absolutely capable of having the power of God with him so the minute we gave our lives to God, we, came, we became empowered with everything that Christ is through him. Christ literally lives within us. And if Christ lives within us, that means we have been empowered to have the ability to do anything that Christ does as we, as we are in his image. So when we go through times in our lives where we are waiting for God to show up, that does not mean he's going to spoon feed us because we are capable of more. So he's not going to let us sit and do nothing. He will not do everything for us, unfortunately. Sometimes getting to the part where God shows up requires us to show up and to do our part. It means having the uncomfortable conversation. It means doing the things that are hard. It means pushing through and working on ourselves. It means the first step to fixing the problem, making the first step to fixing the problem, then God shows up. We have to meet him halfway. But here's the thing, like I said, God does not live in the kiddie pool. So, um, as humans, we are very fearful of everything, specifically the unknown. I know for me, not knowing is probably the worst thing that could ever happen in the world. I'm a very dramatic person that way. If I don't know what's happening the next day, I will not be a very happy person. Um, So, Because we're afraid of the unknown, a lot of the times we live our lives always safe, not risking anything, not trusting in a way that scares us, and we live our lives in a kiddie pool. Now, let's talk about a kiddie pool. Uh, Kids um, over three, do you like playing in kiddie pools? No, they're kind of boring, right? There's a reason that we usually let zero to three-year-olds in the kiddie pool, because it's safe, We can see the bottom, it's little, we have boundaries, right? Mommy can see us and the kids have fun, right? Kids have fun, they don't know because they don't know anything else. They don't know anything more outside of the kiddie pool. But by the time they get 10, we kind of get a little concerned for the 10 year old playing in the kiddie pool. A little bit, that's a little weird that you're in the kiddie pool, right? (laughs) Like I would be a little concerned if I saw a 10 year old having as much fun as a three year old in a kiddie pool. Right, like so, they the ten year old gets bored because it's shallow and small, and we even look at a ten year old and we think it's weird. So that is how God is with us. After we give our lives, we go from baby Christians to what God wants for much, which, which is having a mature faith. He wants us to get out of the three year old mindset of being in the kiddie pool and get into the ten year old situation of jumping off the diving board. So he wants us to refine our faith, and faith is about blind trust. So he wants us to jump off the diving board, not knowing what's going to be at the bottom. He wants us so far out in the deep that we can't even see the kiddie pool. But knowing that he is there, that is when God will show up. So here's the thing about the diving board. It's way scarier than the kiddie pool, The kiddie pool, you can see the bottom. You can see your mom watching you. Kiddie pool, you you can stand up and walk away whenever you want. Once you see those stairs to the diving board and you get on the diving board and you jump, there is no going back. There is no mom to smile and wave. You can't get up and walk away. All you can do is jump. And that is where we find God after we jump. It doesn't matter if we don't have the finances. It doesn't matter if we don't have the relationship. It doesn't matter if we don't have the job or the school or the security. We jump and see, and then you're in the deep. This is not where you find the crowd, jumping off the diving board. The lifeguard yells at you if there are multiple people on a diving board. You can have as many people as you want in the kiddie pool until it breaks. There's only one person on that diving board and there's one person at the bottom. It's you and God. So this is where you don't, this is not where you find a bunch of people. The diving board is lonely. It is isolating, it is scary, because not a lot of people want to jump off the diving board. There's one person, and they have to make the decision to jump. Jumping off the diving board requires you and God, and that's it. It's very hard to jump off the diving board into the deep, where we are terrified and feeling abandoned. The biggest fear is that if we do trust, if we do let go, if we do jump, God will not be there. That there will not be safety. There will not be arms to catch us. It's just us on our own. So we stay in the kiddie pool because it's easy. We don't quit the nine to five job that we absolutely hate to start a ministry. We don't break up with a toxic boyfriend who's abusive because we're afraid of being alone. Because we're afraid that when we do and we jump and we make the decision, God will not be there. The thing is that the reason that God wants us in the deep in the first place is that, so you can give him enough space to come through and to show up. Because again, if we go back to the kiddie pool, there is not a lot of room to do much but sit in it. If you're in the deep and you jump off that diving board, you got room. God has room to do big things. So let me lose my place. All right, so <laughs> he wants us to jump off the diving board and into the deep so we can, he can make big things in our lives happen. And the changes that God makes in our hearts, souls, and minds when we're ready for it and we can recognize it God is out there waiting to catch us. We just need to jump. The thing is that God wants us in the deep. God wants things to happen to us in our lives so that we can recognize when the big thing in your life shows up and you're not terrified. He wants to take you through things, He wants to take you out into the deep with Him so that when a big wave comes and hits you, you're like, nah, I'm ready. I'm ready. However, if you're in the kiddie pool on the beach or whatever, and then a wave comes and hits you, you're never getting in that again. You're never getting in the ocean again, right? Because you had your kiddie pool, and then a wave came and hit you, and you weren't ready for it. But you expect waves when you're out in the ocean. You expect waves when you're in there because you know what to expect. That's what God wants from us. God doesn't want us to be flailing in the unknown. He doesn't want us to have panic attacks and be freaking out because we don't know what's going to happen. But he wants us to take the first step in which we don't know so that we can recognize it later. So let's look at this literally from the perspective of Jesus. I had... um, Oh my gosh, your name, you're Isaac's little brother. Levi, thank you. Okay, sorry. I, I know your name, I promise. I just, I thought Isaac, And yeah, anyway. So um, Isaac read the verse of the, the storm in Matthew, but I actually really like it in Luke, and we're actually going to look at it from every perspective of the gospel today. Sorry, Levi, I swear, I know your name. I, I promise. I promise. I, I promise. Okay, so Luke 8, 23 to 26 as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Sorry, am I reading too fast? No, my bad. Okay. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. I'm just literally ending it there. First thing I want you to notice um, they were in danger. The Bible literally says they were in danger. Bad things still happen. Bad things are still there and can be threatening. However, it literally says that when Jesus woke up in Luke, all he asks is, Where is your faith? It's so I can see Jesus in my mind. Jesus is a little sassy. I don't know. I kind of like to look at him that way. In my mind, it would be like he woke up and he's like, Where is your faith? it almost sounds silly to me that he asks that because even though they were in danger and they had a right to be freaking out because danger right but he literally asks where is your faith because he's so sure that he's not going anywhere he expects us to be the same He he expects us to ask where is my faith I'm fine obviously easier said than being done But I kind of like that because where is your faith? Because if your faith is in the kiddie pool, there isn't a lot of room to have a very big faith. And there isn't a lot of room for then God to continue to grow us. So I kind of liked it when he asked, where is your faith? Because I can literally, I literally feel like it's, is your faith in the kiddie pool right now? Or is your faith out in the deep with me? So Now, I hope I encourage you and you can all do terrifying things and like have a great day and be perfect Christians. That's all I got. So I hope that works for you all. Obviously, that is way harder than, it's way harder said than done, right? That's a lot of big talk. And many of us know, many of us know that God is calling us to big things and calling us to more. Many of us know that we want to obey and listen and follow him and what he's called us to do. But circumstances get in the way where things get scary. The boat gets swamped and we become in danger. It is situations like that that's almost too terrifying to believe that God still lives within us and we're still empowered because we just feel like it's wave after wave hitting us. So therefore we're in danger and God has abandoned us. However, Christ does still live within us and we do still have the power to jump off the diving board. The thing is, is that if you take that one step off the diving board, God's gonna do the rest because you jumped, but we're afraid to jump because the kiddie pool is available. So not gonna jump because like I still have my backup plan. I still have my kiddie pool. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, Many of us take one step towards the diving board only to take three steps back to the kiddie pool. And a lot of the times in our three steps back, we're actually turning our back on the person who's waiting at the end of the diving board. This could mean that we want to start something big in our church, like evangelism, or with the youth, or with mission trips. But logistically, it's just a little too risky. So let's stay in the kiddie pool. Well, a mission trip could be dangerous, and it costs a lot. Let's just stay in the kiddie pool. Well, you know, the youth are fine. They want to do some crazy things. They want to, like, put a window in the thing, and I don't know, that's too much, and blah, blah, blah. So let's just stay in the kiddie pool. We did put the window in, though. That's awesome. So that's good. We just, or, you know, the youth want to do too much. They're being too loud. We don't want to bother anyone or offend anyone. Forbid that we offend anyone. Here's the thing, though. Those people that you're offending and that you're scared of offending, they are screaming at you to come back to the kiddie pool. They are screaming at you to not jump. So just to be safe, we stay in the kiddie pool. You will never see where God wants you if you have already decided where you're going to live. The diving board and the metaphorical deep is about trusting even though you have no idea what's going on. You're uncomfortable, and you feel abandoned, but you are not forgotten. If we go back to our Christianese sayings about waiting on God's timing, that's a huge part about being on the diving board and jumping off. The thing about waiting is that waiting is not postponing, but it is preparing. This is what the deep is. The deep is getting you so out of your comfort zone, so out of your fear, so out of your old ways that... God can finally start working in a way that you can hear what he's calling you to. Because in all honesty, God has big plans for us. The thing is that many of us will never reach what those final plans are from him because we are so afraid. Which is why waiting is not postponing, but preparing. If you're thinking of going on vacation, you don't pack for the season or the weather that you're in now, you pack for the weather that you're going to be in. You don't pack for the location you are in now, you pack for the location you are going to. You don't work on yourself for the place that you are in now, you work on yourself for the things that you are going to do later. You don't pray to get out of the situation you are in now, you give God thanks for the good that's going to come out of it later. Waiting does not mean postponing, it is preparing, preparing you for greatness because God has great things planned for you. So when you read stories in the Bible of Moses and Joseph and Esther and Jesus, we think, it's so, we think it's so inspiring, but we don't think, I'm going to aspire to this. You are capable of doing everything that those people did in the Bible through God. But God might be preparing you to become these people because you might not be ready Esther fourteen four four nope, I lied. Esther four fourteen says perhaps this was the time that you were created for. Oh, I guess it's maybe fifteen, I don't know. There is a time in our lives that we were created for, but until we get out of the kiddie pool, we may never know because we're postponing instead of preparing. You know what God is calling you to do. You know what He has told you. He told you to leave the job. He told you to dump the boyfriend. He told you to switch the schools or whatever it might be. The diving board is not necessarily where we hear God. You already heard him. The diving board is where we <laughs> The diving board is where we feel like God has abandoned us. But the diving board is where we make the decision to follow through on what he told you and then see what he does. But it is our choice. The jump off the diving board is just the step towards where God told us to go. Remember, your GPS is always silent when you're going the right way. However, (laughs) however, don't turn off the GPS because it probably means you're going to get lost later. Because once we make the choice to jump and be in the deep, God's going to do the work as long as you don't try to swim back to the kiddie pool. Because if you jump off the diving board and then you try swimming back to the kiddie pool that now no longer exists, you will drown. This may not be what you want either. This sounds so inspiring, like, yeah, like I'm suffering for God, but Jesus may want people to see the part where you're flailing and you're drowning. He may want people to see how broken you are so that they know how much you need him. This is, not being, this is not about being impressive, this jump off the diving board. is not like, yeah, look at my big faith. I'm so impressive. I'm going to jump and blah, blah, blah. This is about being impactful. So there are going to be so many voices screaming in your head to swim back, to get a life jacket, to not jump. Make sure you know who you're listening to when you get on that diving board because if it's anyone but Jesus, you will drown. Jesus wants to make an impact on your life other people want to see how impressive you are in your life. This is not about being impressive. So looking back at that story again, if we go back to Mark 4, 35 to 37, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. So again, for this, Let's look at where they went. They left from the other side where all the crowds were, leaving the crowd behind. You, have, you will feel lonely, you will feel isolated, you will feel alone, but you are leaving the crowd behind with Jesus. So this is about leaving, leaving the crowds. The crowds and what the norms of what people want will never take you out to the deep because Jesus wants to do that with you and him alone. Jumping off the diving board into the deep does not excuse the fear of the storm or the judgment or whatever may come. What it does is giving us an anchor, knowing that even though we're in the deep with Jesus, we have an anchor and we will not drown. So, it's just one step off and into the deep. God will do the rest. When fear rises, think about it's just one step, it's just one jump. I'm in the deep. And I'm older than a kiddie pool. I think that that gives us some hope. That gives us a little bit of confidence to jump. And just to talk from my experience a little bit, because like I said, I'm 20 years old. I haven't had to worry about, you know, crazy things. I have living on my own yet and all that, or whatever crazy situations come up. But about four years ago, Oh my goodness, four? It might be five. Oh my, oh jeez! Anyway, um, I was in, actually yeah, some of you probably know him, but I was in a very intense relationship from the time I was 14. And as time went on, we were together for four years. And my senior year of high school, this was in the middle of choosing colleges and deciding what I wanted my major to be. Um, my boyfriend became extremely suicidal. And not only... Was he suicidal? He also had developed a personality disorder, which basically involves a lot of manipulation and a lot of abuse. So I was in love with this kid. I thought I was gonna marry him. I was like, done, you know, the 18-year-old Jules was ready to, you know, put a ring on it. And, but then everything came crashing down. And um, I had to, the only way that I could leave him was I waited until he was going on a senior trip and I knew that if I ended things with him while he was on the plane, he could not kill himself. That was the only way that I felt like I could get out of that situation. When I tell you, that felt like jumping off the diving board. (laughs) I had no idea what was going to happen. And I lost a lot of weight. I was losing hair. My poor family was just so worried about me, and it it impacted a lot, and I had no idea what was happening. I really didn't. I had no idea why God would do something like that, why he would let me fall in love with someone just to be utterly abused, and that summer, after everything, I was a camp counselor at Legit, which is our summer camp, um, and it was my first time ever working with kids above, like, nine. I had always done nine and nine and younger. And I worked with 12-year-old girls, and I was terrified because I had never done that. I didn't think I was anywhere capable of doing that. I worked with little kids. Like, I worked with babies. Like, that's what I knew. And, but we didn't have enough counselors, so I had to take it. I had to take it on. And um, the first day, we had our group devotional. I had three girls tell me that they had attempted suicide. Three 12-year-olds. And it was literally at that exact moment I knew why I went through that. Because I would have had no idea how to handle a situation like that had I not been through what I had been through. On top of that, because of that situation, I switched my major from speech therapy to adolescent psychology. And I know from the bottom of my heart that it will be my passion for the rest of my life. Now, jumping off the diving board, I would've stayed with him. I honestly would've had I not thought that me staying with him could've possibly killed him. I would've stayed with him, I would've stayed in the kiddie pool, and I would've, I, would I honestly would've married him. And now, standing here, two years out of it, and having shared this story with people, and having people cry, and tell them how much it impacted them to just hear my story, I would jump off that diving board over and over again to know. So that's my little, that's my little jumping off the diving board. I'm still jumping off the diving board every single day, because stuff happens. (laughs) But it comes through, God comes through, and he does, he does show up, he does come through, and he does have a plan, However, sometimes we have to take the first step so that we can meet God where he wants to. Because if I had stayed there, I in no way would be the person I am today, and I would in no way have been able to impact as many people as I have. And I'm only 20. So so I encourage you to take the jump, take the leap, because God is literally at the end of that diving board saying, jump, and he's here. So that's all I got. Let me pray with you. All right. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you just for being at the end of the diving board. God, I thank you for wanting us to be in the deep. You could leave us in the kiddie pool. We're kind of stupid sometimes. You could leave us there and find someone more equipped and, you know, with the degree and with the, you know, with the credentials, but you don't. You call us. We are called. We are not equipped, but we are called, Lord. But you equip us just from living within us, God. So I ask that if there's someone here at the edge of that diving board, that you give them the power and the peace to jump today, Lord. And that, that your spirit follows and that that peace that passes understanding that that shows up at the end of that diving board. I thank you so much. We love you, and we thank you for your spirit being here with us today. In your holy name I pray, amen.